Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. All right, so, man, we, we, uh, we have some testimonies from our students. We just want to let you guys know the, the impact that your investment made on their lives. So, man, let's, let's get it started. Please give it up for Aaliyah Robles. Um, so my name is Aaliyah Robles, and I've been going to youth group for about a year now. And I would only go because I would want to talk to my friends and socialize. I never really liked the idea of going to worship God. I never really thought about that until I went to teen camp. And again, Sterling's message really changed my life. And teen camp overall was just amazing. And I don't think anyone can get another opportunity like that. And without you, all you guys donating we wouldn't have been able to, been, to go there. And I just want to say thank you. And that camp is, like, like, words cannot explain camp. Like, it really changes people's life. And without people donating, I don't think anybody would be able to have that experience. And if you couldn't tell because of the shirt, Aaliyah's getting baptized today, guys. Give it up for Marcus Weish. Um, So I had been going, I went to teen camp back in 2019, uh, one time with a lot of friends from my old school. And I thought it was pretty good, but I didn't really think of anything of it. So when I went in 2021, I was pretty worried because I didn't know a lot of the people there. Um, I knew about like 20 out of the 30 who went or so. So um, going there, it was a really weird experience and I was pretty worried about it. But by the end of it, I knew basically everyone there. Like I had known them for months, even though it had only been a week. So going in 2022 recently, it was a life-changing experience. We talked about a lot of different heavy topics that were just crazy to even think about. And one of the biggest takeaways was the different ways people view Jesus, because a lot of them see him as like basically a free trial in a way. They think of him as like, they all, he'll do everything for you in a week and then they'll start believing, but they honestly have to wait a little while. They can't expect him to do everything in one week. They have to push through and commit to it. All right, let's give it up for Emily Nieves. Good morning, everybody. Good to be back in air conditioning. Hold on, let me get my, get my notes up. All right. Well, as you guys have been told, my name is Emily Nieves, and this year I had the pleasure of going to my second year of teen camp. Um, before I begin, I do want to touch on something very important. Um, I wanted to thank each and every person who donated to Misfit Youth because if, if it weren't for you guys, we wouldn't have been able to get as many kids to camp as we did. So on behalf of all of us, thank you. Um, last year was my first time going to camp and I had no idea what I was walking into. I didn't know what I was going to get out of it and I didn't really expect much of it, like expect much to come from it. But to this day, I look back and see how much I grew of that experience. 
Um, walking in this year, once again, I was questioning how much I could grow as I couldn't imagine it exceeding what happened last year. I was wrong. <laughs> um, this year's camp experience was better than I could have ever imagined. I met new people, grew in my existing relationships, and felt God work in a way that I haven't felt in a long time. Um, I struggle a lot with self-esteem issues and mental health issues, so I was extremely nervous going into camp. Tuesday was definitely the hardest day for me, as I didn't really feel like myself, I wasn't comfortable with myself, and I was almost walking around in like a fog all day. Um, Tuesday night's sermon was preached by Pastor Sterling, which shout out to him, he did an amazing job that night. Um, and just all that week, he was great. Um, but I think the most impactful night was Tuesday night. Um, he preached an amazing message, but after that message, he came back up on stage and said that he felt compelled to ask a question to the crowd. He said that he had been praying that morning, and he felt the need to ask a question of if anyone had ever struggled with self-esteem issues or thoughts of suicide. And immediately, tears began streaming down my face. As someone who struggled with thoughts of suicide in the past and still struggles with them to this day, and someone who was battling with that very issue the entire day, I realized how God can be there when you least expect it. He, he can almost remind you that he sees you and he understands you, how he can encourage you to share your struggle with others and nudge you along so you don't have to struggle alone, how he knows what you're going through even if you don't vocalize it. That night, I shared my testimony along with countless other kids, and I realized that I am not alone in anything. Um, throughout the next few days, I was approached by people from both my church and other churches who complimented me, started conversation, or even asked for contact information so we could stay in touch throughout the year. Um, I've had such special moments with people who I've barely spoken to before, people that I had only met this week. We faced so many challenges this week, and we've come out of them stronger and with even more love for each other. Um, I came into camp this year wondering what my takeaway from the week would be and just what God wanted me to walk away with. But looking back at it now, I realize exactly what it is. And it's that no one is alone. You are not alone. I am not alone. Whatever we go through on our own or together, we don't have to deal with it alone. There are people all around you who will hear you and love on you and will help you in any and every way that they can. So... <laughs> So once again, I want to thank you all for helping us get to camp. I want to thank Pastor Mikey for his amazing messages and his unending love for his students. I want to thank my dad and my sister for making my experience so much more special by experiencing it with me. And I want to thank all the leaders for everything they did for us and everything that they went through for us. Um, and finally, I want to thank every single kid that went to camp. I love each and every one of you so much, and I can't wait to do it all over again next year. Thank you. All right, guys, let's bring up Jasmine Lynch. Good morning. Okay, so um, one word to describe camp is wild. This year was wild. Um, it was uh, just full of fun, fellowship, the lake, um, hammocks, games, laughter, and anything you could ever really think of. Um, sure, these were all reasons we, each and every one of us, had a great time, but there's something that impacted us to the very core of our beings, our souls. Something that we will never forget and something that changed lives forever. The presence of God, the Holy Spirit. He was there in the midst of everything, and he was working. 
Hearing the word being so passionately and beautifully presented to us teenagers was the best thing I've ever witnessed in my life. At camp, personally, in my spiritual life, chains were broken and I experienced growth within my faith like never before. I learned that I am forgiven, I am healed, I am loved, and I will never stop being loved, no matter what I fall into or what I do. Nothing can separate me from the works of my Heavenly Father, and it says so in the Bible. The worship was insane. To see all those kids, including myself, being so immersed and giving, in giving praise to God was so impactful for me. We sang our, heart, our hearts out, and we raised our hands for Jesus. One thing I loved that one of the members of the band said was that our worship here on earth is only a glimpse of what heaven will look like. I'll never forget that last night, um, Thursday night. The message Mikey gave was so heartfelt and so impactful. I don't think I've ever cried because of a message before. That night, so many kids came to Jesus. They flooded the altar, and all I could hear filling the sanctuary was a mix of voices praying, crying, and singing to the God, to, to God, not the God. He's the, the one God, sorry. Not the God. <laughs> um, um, it was like truly astonishing for me that night. I was reminded that our leaders care so much about us. They're willing to do anything and everything to never leave our sides and propel us forward for the Lord. They're all willing to take on our burdens, the burdens us as teens struggle with so deeply. Um, they're, willing to, they're willing and ready to fight for us and even cry with us. When we're heartbroken, guess what? They're heartbroken too. They treat us like we're so valued, and it makes me so grateful to be part of such an amazing group of people. God has me here for a reason, and I learned that in camp. I'd say my biggest takeaway from this whole experience is this. God works in unexpected ways. When we least expect it, he's working, and he'll never stop. I'm so grateful to each and every one of you who donated for us to go to camp. I'm eternally grateful for you and your help. Because of you, we were able to experience something we'll never, ever forget. All right, guys, let's bring up Alexandra Aparicio. Hi. <laughs> um, so um, I have been going to Misfit for, I'd say, about two years, I believe. Um, and I've made many friends there. Um, it's been really crazy. I mean, like, there's really nothing that could replace it, like, nothing. Um, because, like, they're just, like, Misfit is just, like, a f like, full of a bunch of teenagers that are just irreplaceable. And, like, they're so, like, amazing, so love you guys. Um, but, so this year, it was my first year going to teen camp, and I've always heard my sisters talk about it, say how, like, it's absolutely amazing, I have to go. And so this year, I was like, I have to go, because, um... I just wanted to like get like the feeling of like experiencing something new because like I've been to like a bunch of churches before and like seeing the youth groups and everything and I wasn't feeling it. Like I was there but I wasn't there like learning like what I should be learning. Um, so I went to teen camp. It was very, I don't know how to explain it but it was just like wild obviously but um, the messages were, like, so, like, touching, and so, uh, Tuesday night, um, when Pastor Sterling asked the question about, like, 
have you like ever like had thoughts of like suicide or anything? Like I raised my hand and I just started bawling my eyes out. And I was like freaking out, like I was trying to fight it. So I was like, I don't know what's going on. And then like something like told me like, don't fight it, just let it go. And then I realized in that moment, I was like, that's the Holy Spirit. That's literally like, that's what was happening. Um, and so I just kept leaning into the voice and I was like just crying. And like my sisters came up to me and we had like a sweet little moment together. And it was just like, it was so like heartwarming to know that people were there because I, I've never been open about anything like ever. Like I, I was new to this and I was scared, but I felt the comfort of people. Like even the people that I didn't even know like from other churches, like all the other kids, like I felt the comfort of them like that they were there for me. And so um, we were just there for each other and it was like so sweet. And um, I shared a testimony that night and it changed my life. Like it changed everything about me because like I have never ever wanted to share something like that with someone like ever. Like even if I know you, and I talk to you, and like I get, to, I try to get to know you, but like I would just never share something like that. And I did, and I was just like, um, I I had no idea what I was doing that night. It was like someone else was like leading my life that night, and it was like crazy. Like I had no, like I was literally like someone just like someone was just like doing everything for me, and I I felt like forgiven. Like, I felt good inside, and I'd, I'd, I don't know how to explain it, but it was just crazy. And so overall, um, I just want to say thank you, because, like, without you, I would not be getting baptized today. I, I don't know what I would be doing, so. <laughs> so um, thank you so much for all the money that you've raised, and thank you. All right, um, let's give it up for Carly Yepes. Hi, my name is Carly. Um, my camp experience helped me come to the decision. Wait, hold on, give me a second. Um, <laughs> Yeah, let me let me start over. All right, my camp experience um, it helped me come to the decision to give my old life to Christ and to repent for all my sins and welcome my new walk with Christ. As well as Tuesday night really impacted me and helped me understand that I'm not the only one struggling and that there is always a solution to every problem and that solution is God. All right, and let's bring up Ryan Yepes. Oh, I forgot my notes. <laughs> okay, so my camp experience was honestly amazing, like nothing that anybody can recreate ever. 
Uh, hearing Sterling, shout out to Mikey and Carlos for their amazing messages. Hearing everybody's testimonies at camp was really, uh, was really touching to my heart. It made me want to get closer in my walk with Christ. I'm so sorry for all the stuttering. Uh, and especially uh, hearing my sister's testimony, Carly. Uh, it made me want to get baptized with her so I would grow closer with her and with Christ. Uh, that's it. Guys, give it up for these kids. <laughs> All right, I'm looking up at the clock to see how much time I got left. So bear with me. Put your seatbelts on and let's get this message uh, going. So, oh, okay. All right. All right, I hope you're hungry. No. <laughs> let's go. So, uh, man, again, thank you to everybody who, who made this possible. Um, Man, I, I don't know. I, just seeing these kids, the stories that came out of it, seeing from like almost day to day, just the progression and, and the layers being teared off. Um, like just, I want to shout out all of these kids, but for whatever reason, when I was just worshiping, you know, before the, the service, um, man, Itzy, girl, you were just worshiping the Lord on stage freely. And you didn't lead a song, but you were leading in worship. And I just want to commend you for that. And I'm very proud of you for doing that. All right, so um, who, who has ever made a, a fitness or like a health goal and didn't follow through with it? Who's ever done that before? Right, okay. Who has ever made a New Year's resolution and they did not follow through with it? Right, yeah. This is a common thing, right? Clearly, we're not alone in that. Do you guys know that fitness goals are the most popular New Year's resolution? It's the most pop, it's the number one thing that most Americans try to do on New Year's. Every January, gym memberships just skyrocket. Triple, like quadruple, they just go insane, right? But in February, 80% of those new memberships are canceled. January, busting out the seams. February, 80% of them, canceled, gone, back to their old habits. And people use the hype of the new year as motivation to try to get in shape, have some fitness goals, right? Maybe you've heard, new year, new me. What does that even mean, by the way? Literally the same person. But people use the hype of the new year to try to reach some goals, right? Get, get into shape, do some things right, but... As we clearly see, people aren't willing to stick it out. And they buy the food, right? Have you been here before? You, you buy the food, you go to Whole Foods, you, you get the gear, you buy the shoes, you get the, 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 the clothes, you get the membership, right? You get the Peloton. I'm preaching to somebody, come on. You know what I'm talking about. You get all the stuff, you're so excited, and then a month later, it's just back to doing your old things, right? Who's been there? And a lot of times, 
we start these goals, we get excited, but once the excitement fades off, we kind of just go back to the way things were, or sometimes things actually get a little bit worse. But why does that happen? It's like we recognize that a healthy, that a healthy lifestyle is a good thing, right? We recognize that it's something that will make a difference in our lives, but we're not willing to stick it out. Why is that the case? Well, for one, making new habits is hard, right? Doing new things is hard. Trading potato chips for kale chips is not an easy decision. You feel me? Most people don't improve their health because they don't set themselves up to win. Let's say that again. Most people don't improve their health because they don't set themselves up to win. Let me, t- let me say this. Hype is not enough to improve your health. Hype is not enough to help you feel the difference of good health in your life. The thing with hype, it gets you excited, it gets you energized, it gives you the the vision, and and it makes you want to do things, but hype fades away. And so we need a plan. If you have fitness goals, health goals, and you want them to last beyond the hype, you need a plan. You need some tools, you need some resources to help keep you on track for the good thing that you know you need to be doing for yourself. So maybe if you're, trying to, if you're trying to get healthy, right, maybe you, you need a workout plan, right? You can't just go off excitement. You need, you need a workout plan. If you don't know how to work out, then maybe you need to find a trainer, right? Somebody who, who's educated in this, somebody who can give you some, some tips and pointers and, and help you along the way. Maybe you need a diet plan. Maybe you don't know what foods to, to eat and avoid and what to eat and not eat in the moderation. So maybe you need to talk to a nutritionist, right? Somebody who, who they're, they're an expert in that field and they can help you and give you knowledge to set you up in that area of your plans, Right? Or maybe you need a calorie counter, right? You need to get an app that's counting your calories so that you know, okay, this is where I'm at for the day. This is where I need to be for the, for the month, for the week, so on and so forth. Maybe you need a gym buddy. Somebody who's going to wake up with you every morning, push you. Those mornings that you don't feel like going to work out, they're going to be banging on your door, picking you up, encouraging you. When you're at the gym, telling you, hey, come on, one more rep, one more rep. Maybe you need a gym buddy to keep you accountable to help you live out your health goals. Maybe you just need to educate yourself, right? Learn about fitness. Learn about health, diet. You need, you need to do all these things to set yourself up to win in your health. If there's no clear plan on how to improve your health, if you're going only on hype, then let me tell you something. Your health will not improve. Why am I talking about fitness? Is it because I need to lose weight? Yes. But that's besides the point. <laughs> Many people want to commit to health goals because they know the difference it'll make for them, but they fail because they focus on the hype and they don't have a good plan. Let me tell you something. Many people feel hyped about their faith, but they do not have a plan to help them grow in it. This camp experience, it brings a ton of hype about Jesus. A lot of these students, they experience Jesus for the first time in a way that they never have before. They are hyped about, teens, are you hyped about Jesus? Come on. They get hyped about Jesus, but here's the reality. Hype fades, and then what are you going to do? And so we can look at a case study. This is Gen Z. This generation is called Gen Z. The generation before them, the millennials, my generation, 
This is how it went. Out of all the millennials who grew up in church, 66% of them who went to, the, to church, went to youth groups, went to camps, just like the very one that we came from, experienced the hype of Jesus. They experienced that, that, that moment of knowing who Jesus is, and they were hyped. 66% of them, 66% left the church in their adulthood. 66% of a generation gone from the church. Old, back into old habits. Hype is not enough. It can't always be just about the hype. If there's no clear plan on how to improve and grow in your faith, if you're going on hype alone, this sounds harsh, but the, the data suggests this, your faith won't last. If you don't have a plan and you're basing it on hype alone, your faith is not going to last. Leaders, ministry leaders, pastors, parents, I'm speaking to you right now. We have to help our kids win in their faith. We can't allow 66% or worse to happen in this generation because we didn't give them the tools to help them win in their faith. The millennial generation is an example of the consequences of us failing to do that. 66% of a generation leaves the church. But here's the thing. You cannot pour out what has not been poured into yourself. And so this message, we're going to dig into the tools that Jesus has left us, the, 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 the plan, so that we can win in our faith, set ourselves up, and have a faith that is going to last. So let's look at the way that Christians have been discipling people since the very beginning of church history. The very first church started after Jesus ascended. He sent the Holy Spirit. Some of Jesus' followers were there. They received the Holy Spirit. Peter was one of them. And Peter goes and he preaches the gospel to a group of people, right? Preaches the gospel. We're all sinners. Jesus died for our sins, right? That we believe and repent, turn from our sins, put our trust in him. We can be forgiven, renewed, restored, be given the Holy Spirit, and live new life in Christ. That's what he preached. He preached the gospel. So this is where we're at. Acts 2.41, it says this, Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. We'll stop right there for a second. So Peter preaches the gospel, right? We're all sinners, need forgiveness, the whole thing. And 3,000 people gave their life to Christ that day. Like 3,000 people said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling this hype. There is something to this message. I, I just experienced something that I've never experienced before. 3,000 people are hyped about Jesus. But does it end there? No. Let's keep reading. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. So let's break this down. The apostles didn't just say, hey, let me get you hype about Jesus. Let me preach the gospel. And then take care. Good luck, buddy. I hope you figure this thing out. That's not what they did. That's not what they did. They had a plan. They knew that the hype would not last, so they said, now let's resource these people. Let's give them the tools so that their faith can last the test of time. They had 
a strategy. <coughs> Excuse me. I've been preaching a lot. Give me like three seconds. I don't think I've ever had this many people watch me drink water. It's a weird fact. All right. They had a plan. They had some tools to strengthen people's commitment to Jesus, right? And I'll say this. This is a problem that we face in the church. We're really good at putting on events. We're really good at getting people hyped about Jesus. But we're not so good at helping people live this thing out. We're not so good at giving people the tools and the resources to help them grow and improve and stay in their faith. And you, again, look no further than the millennial generation. Now, what do we do? If we want to take this hype and turn it into a life that is committed to Jesus, here's what we got to do. The verse is laid out for us. It says, the first one, it says, devote yourself to the apostles' teachings. In other words, it's saying, study the Bible. Study the Bible. Download the Bible app. It's free. Guys, it's free with a bunch of different translations. Some of the ones that I recommend, but you can pick whatever one you like, is I recommend the NIV, the NLT, and the ESV. Start a Bible plan. Really, they're, they're on the Bible app. Start a Bible plan. As a matter of fact, I had a student who did this. They downloaded the app. They started a plan, and they're like, Mikey, I heard from God. And I'm like, yeah, that's how this works. It's amazing what happens when you open the book that he wants us to read. And, and I'm not, like, making fun of this kid. I'm, I'm proud of this kid because not only did they hear from God, they had a revelation, and they were jotting down, and they told me, I just had this, this realization that the Bible is, like, our, our terms of service that we don't ever read. We sign contracts and we sign things off, but we don't ever read the terms of service. So when things go wrong, we're confused, but it's because we didn't read the terms of service. And I'm like, brother, you want to preach? But seriously, it's amazing what happens when we read and study the Bible. It says the apostles were, you know, it says the, the apostles' teachings. The apostles were the leaders of the early church, and they taught the Bible. They taught the ways of Jesus. And so they're saying, devote yourself to that. Study the Bible to grow in your faith, to commit to learning the truth of Scripture, right? We have to know the truth of Scripture. We have to adopt a biblical worldview if we're going to have a faith that lasts the test of time. It's there to teach us and train us. Having technical difficulties, guys. Sorry. My brain is mush. I'm so sorry. This is awkward. To grow in your faith, right? It's there to teach us, train us, and lead us closer to God because the Bible is about God, but it's inspired from God. You see what I'm saying? Here's another stat for you. A terrifying stat, as a matter of fact. 9%, 9% of self-identified Christians in the United States of America, adults, everybody, 9% hold a biblical worldview. 9% of self-identified Christians hold a biblical worldview. 
There's a ton of people who are hype. They download the things. They, 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 they have the WWJD bracelets. They have the car stickers. But they're not reading the Bible. They don't know how to live this thing out. And so we, we get confused as to why Christians have such a bad rap. But it's because we got Christians who are acting like they've never read the Bible before. We've got Christians who, again, yeah, we stand on the truth for sure. Amen. But here's where that conversation takes a, a next step. And we need the Bible to help mature us in our understanding of Scripture. Is I can disagree with somebody and still love on that person. I can disagree with somebody and not have to curse them out on Facebook or belittle them or shove my agenda in their face. You see, because the fruits of the Spirit are peace, joy, like, come on, man. So, yes, there's a lot of Christians who are hearing what they hear in sermons and saying what they want to say, but we're not growing in spiritual maturity. We're not growing in how we can take our message, take our message of truth, and minister to the people in our lives. Not belittle, not make look stupid, but minister to the people in our lives. And that takes spiritual maturity, and that happens through studying the Word of God. If you do not study, you will not grow. 9% of self-identified Christians in America have a biblical worldview. So what does that mean? Christians are not known for what we're supposed to be known for because nobody is knowing what we're supposed to be known for. Study the Bible. Download the app. It's free. Get a translation that you understand. Begin to conform your worldview to what Scripture says about life. Even if it's hard, even if, it, if you don't like it, transfer your beliefs, your thoughts to what God says and run with it. Studying the Bible will change your life. Make it a habit. In fitness, if you don't educate yourself in that area, you're going to be at such a disadvantage. And it's the same thing with the Word of God. The Bible is a tool. Now, next thing. He says, to the fellowship and sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper. In other words, join Christian community. Students, commit to your youth groups. Adults, commit to your church. Commit to a small group. Get involved and build relationships with Christian people in Christian community. Fitness goals are a lot easier when you have people there doing it with you besides you. When you have somebody there to encourage you, it's the same thing with the body of Christ. We are here. We are here in this room, not for ourselves. I'm going to say this. Church is not for you. If you don't like the music, if, you don't, if you're mad about the coffee, brother, sister, I am sorry from the bottom of my heart, but church is not for you. Church is so that we can come and pour ourselves out for each other. The Bible says that we are a royal priesthood, all of us, believers, not just me on stage, not just those who, who have, a, have an ordination. If you believe in Jesus and you're a believer of Christ, you are a part of a royal priesthood. And when you come to church on Sunday, you have a, a part to play to pour into the lives of your brothers and sisters and make sure that they keep going and growing in their faith. You pour out into them, they pour out into you, and together we grow and continue the mission and the work of Jesus. 
But you can't do that, guys. It's impossible to do that if you're not in Christian community. And so many come passively, come whenever we feel like it, but there's nothing in Scripture that can justify that point of view. Again, study the Bible. Join Christian community. Be poured into and pour yourself out to others so that we can continue the mission of Jesus. Be consistent. Be accountable. Be vulnerable. Be real with people. Be real with your struggles. Share them. Ask for prayer. Commit to helping others get over their struggles. Commit to being able to allow people to speak into your life when you're wrong. Like, allow yourself for people to say, my brother, my sister, listen, I know this thing that you're doing, this thing that you're getting into, I I love you to death, but please, let's go back to Scripture and let's see what the Lord would have for us in love, right, And, and, and gracefully. But you have to open yourself up to doing that because Christian community is the space for that to happen. Who can keep you accountable if you're not going to the place where the people who can keep you accountable can keep you accountable? That th- this, is not, this is not what our faith is supposed to be. It's not this rogue, one-man band kind of faith. We are a community. We are a body. And it says, finally, to prayer. Pray. <laughs> Talk to God. Invite him in everything that's going on in your life, big and small. I've heard people say, I don't want to bother God with these small things. No, he is your father. He wants to know. He wants to help. Pray daily. Make it a commitment. If if you don't have a prayer life, man, five minutes a day, guys. Yo, how long do we watch TV or Netflix or or, or YouTube? Hours, hours, hours. On average, an American spends like 30 hours a week on Netflix, bro. We can't give five minutes to Christ, five minutes to talk. Like, please, I'm, I'm begging you. Five minutes in the morning or before you go to bed, talk to your father. Invite him in your life. It's hard for God to answer prayers if we're not praying to him. Five minutes. Start with that. And then build yourself up. Once you begin to, once you begin to give things to the Lord and pray over things, you're going to see him move in your life. You may not see it instantaneously. You might not see it that week. You might not see it that year. But God will move. He will answer your prayer. And your faith will be strengthened because you know that you have a God who listens to you and cares about you. When you're facing a challenge, when you're tempted, pray to God. God, get me away from this, please. Don't just keep it in there. Lord, I'm about to sin. I'm about to get into this old habit. Please help me get out. That's prayer. It's not, it's, it doesn't always have to be beautiful. It doesn't always have to be eloquent. It's just speaking to your Father, guys. Prayer works. We see him move and our faith is strengthened. Again, guys, study the Bible. If you're going to grow in your faith, if you want to set yourself up, you got to study the Bible. Parents, if you want to help set your kids up to win in their faith, study the Bible. Please, for, for their sake, study the, please, for their sake, study the Bible. Learn it, please read it, for their sake. Join Christian community. Be the example for your kids. Be involved in a small group. Be vulnerable. Be real, please, for their sake. And pray. Pray all the time. Pray to God. Pray with your kids. Pray in front of your kids. Please be the example that our kids need so that they can live this thing out. And so that 66% number goes to 0%.
please, I beg of you, I beg of you, please, for their sake. If you commit to these things, like the early church did, you will have a faith that lasts. If you don't, you're gone. You're done. I, I really don't know where you're going to be in five years if you fail to do any of this. I, I'm being dead honest with you. Here's what it says about this movement. When these people committed to these things, they didn't just go based off the hype of salvation, off the, the hype of Sunday morning, but they said, let's live this thing out and let's commit to this thing daily. This is what happened. Acts 2.47b, it says this, And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. When you commit to growing, when Christ is doing something in you, not only does your faith grow, are you blessed, but others see that and they are blessed and their lives can be changed as well. The impact that Christ can make on our life can impact the lives of many. But it begins with one individual, just one person saying, I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to grow in my faith. And when that happens, others follow. The results of Jesus making a difference in the hearts of individuals, the, the, the result of that is individuals making a difference in the world. And so if we really want to make a difference, if we really want to change the world, we need to commit to the process of being a follower of Jesus. Our kids are depending on it. Our faith is in the balance right now, guys. Like, I don't know how else to tell you. I don't know how obvious it is. If we do not commit, if we do not become mature, if we do not follow Jesus with everything we have, then all of this is in vain. All of this is a waste of our time. I'm being it's a waste of our time that we're not committed to following and growing in Jesus. This isn't for Instagram. This isn't to look good. Bro, we, this is to save lives, guys. To save lives. And I'm sorry, I'm, 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 I'm exhausted, so I may be a little bit ruder than I typically am. I've had a long week at camp. But guys, I, I'm, I'm just I'm pouring my heart out to you because this is so important. Our kids need it. Our kids have experienced the hype of camp, and I want to set them up to, to, to move past the hype and really become devoted followers of Jesus. And it's going to happen. I pray that to the Lord that it would happen through Misfit Youth, but I know it will happen if it happens in the home. So if you're hearing what I'm saying and maybe you haven't even done the first step, maybe you haven't even committed your life to Christ. And Steph, you can come up. I, I forgot to cue you. I'm sorry, girl. But we're just kind of rolling with it. If you haven't done that first thing, if you haven't decided to, to give your life to Christ, to say, okay, you know what? I, I, I want to make a difference. I want to be an example for my kids. But I have to first get into a relationship with God. I got to first receive Christ into my heart. You can do that right here and right now. Like, if, if, if you feel this, this, this brokenness, this, this hole in your, in, in, inside, this thing that's missing, this, this shame, this guilt, this just thing that just won't leave you, this thing that's never satisfied, let me tell you that Jesus can satisfy it. Let me tell you that the shame that you're feeling, Jesus can take away. The, 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 the guilt that you have, Jesus can take it away. He died for your sin. He died for you. He, he took on the penalty that we all deserve so that if we believe in him, if we believe in what he did, believe in his sacrifice, we can be free from the guilt, free from the shame, forgiven of our sin. You don't have to feel bad. You don't have to feel bad for who you were or what you did or what you're currently doing even here and now. If you put your faith in Jesus and you turn from your old life, 
you, come, you, you, you say, God, I am, sub, I am taking away what I think about everything, and I'm going to accept what you think about everything, and help me to do that. If you do that and believe in his sacrifice, you will be saved. Your sins will be forgiven. You will be renewed. The Holy Spirit will live inside of you, and you'll be a brand new creation. That's the gospel. That's the life-saving message. That's the hype. And I pray that if you haven't made this decision, I pray that you would consider to make, some, to, to make the decision to change your life, to change your family's life, to change the life of generations that are to come out. Maybe your family wasn't raised Christian. Maybe your father wasn't a great father. Maybe your mother wasn't a great mother. And maybe you're scarred because of that. I'm here to tell you that you can set your future generations free from this by choosing to commit your life to Jesus Christ. He can free you from all that guilt, free you from all that shame, give you a fresh start, and you can give to your family and your generation something that has been missing for ages. And it's a simple prayer. And it's not the words that save you. It's the decision inside your heart to say, yes, I know that I'm a sinner. I know I'm guilty. And I know I've done horrible things and I've made mistakes. But I'm believing in Jesus to take it away from me, to forgive me and do a new work in my life so that I don't live for myself anymore, but I live completely for him. And so it's a prayer. I'm going to pray with you in a second, but it's not the prayer that saves you. It's not the words. This is not a ritual. It's the heart behind your decision. It's you genuinely saying, I am done. I am done, and I am surrendering everything to Jesus. He can have it all, and I'm going to follow him whatever the cost. So with all heads bowed and eyes closed, if this is you, if this is what you're feeling, if you really feel like you haven't actually really made the decision to surrender it all to Jesus, you have an opportunity to do it right here and right now. I, I want you to think about this, please. If you have not surrendered it all to him, completely giving him all control of your life. You can do that right now. And so with all heads bowed and eyes closed, if you want to commit your life to Christ, if you want to give him over the keys, would you be so bold to raise your hand? Praise God. Anyone else, would you be so bold to say, I am going to surrender my life to Jesus. I'm going to change generations. Praise God. Praise Lord. Praise God. Praise God. I see you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Pray with me. Let's all pray this out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your Son. I believe in His sacrifice. I want my sins forgiven. I want my heart made new. I am leaving my old life. And I am following you. Give me the strength to pursue you every day of my life. Help me to commit to the tools you've given me. Father, thank you. Come into my heart. Make me new. In Jesus' name, amen.
You may be seated. Man, just one more time. Can we give it up for the youth? I just want to touch on something um, about what Jazzy was talking about on Thursday. Um, Thursday, Mikey was preaching uh, an incredible message. Um, the poor guy was in jeans and long sleeves. The AC broke in the room that day. And he was on stage, and anybody who was there will testify to the fact that it was like 100 degrees in that room. And what Jazzy was talking about is, I counted at least 35 students who gave their life to Christ. And in that heat, yeah, no. In that heat. You had the aisles lined with people just hugging and praying over each other. It was a beautiful moment. So I thank you for reminding us about, about that. So anyways, back to reality. <laughs> we have um, a new sermon series starting next week uh, on July 3rd. It is called God Lies. Check out this video.
So in this series, starting next week, we are going to be exploring Christian cliches, digging into them to figure, did God really say that? Also, next week, starting on July 3rd, we are having some, do we are asking for you guys to, ha to bring some donations for the guys at the Hope Center. Some of the items needed are devotionals, spiral notebooks, pens, highlighters, boxer briefs, gym shorts, white t-shirts, flip-flops, pool towels, sunscreen, insect repellent, mints, gum, cards, stamps, squeeze balls, four slice toasters. Keep your two slice toasters at home. We don't need those. A blender and outside recreational items. Guys, please help us with this. You're going to bless somebody's life. They need these items. So please just open your heart and bring any other items you need. It is on the back of your uh, worship guide uh, for the complete list. So as you can see, we are tag teaming um, these announcements. But before we pass the mic over here, there is a birthday in the house. <laughs> so I'd like to ask Bella... Well, at least stand up. All right. There we go. That, <laughs> all right. So, on the count of three, we are going to sing happy birthday to Bella. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. All right, so now passing it over to my partner in crime. I am the partner in crime. Hello, everybody. <laughs> um, one of the major things that we do want to promote is Misfit Youth. Um, Misfit Youth is a group for middle and high schoolers. It goes on every Friday from 6.30 to about 9 to 9.30. It's just a good place for kids to come hang out. We play games, um, we worship, we have sermons, we have small groups. It's a great place for your kids to both learn about God and fellowship with other people. Um, so if you have any middle or high schoolers in your life, invite them to it. It'll be cool. I, it's here. <laughs> Um, on top of that, we also have giving. There are three ways to give. First way is via the envelope in either the seat back in front of you or behind you, depending on which row you're in. Um, the second way to give is via the website by visiting renew.miami forward slash giving. And the third way is to text by texting give to 786-565-1165. And with that, if everybody will pray with me. <clears throat> Uh, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for everything that you've done this week, all of the, the hearts that you've touched, all of the lives that you've changed. We thank you for just everything that you've done and everything you will do. Um, we just ask that you bless this week, that you follow everybody home and help them throughout their week. Um, we love you. We trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, if everybody could hold on just a second, we do have one thing for you. All right, thank you guys. Let's give it up for Misfit Youth. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to invite our baptism candidates back up. We've got some from Misfit as well as a couple of guys from the Hope Center. So if you guys would join me on stage for just a minute. 
Awesome. Slide this way, Ryan. Slide down this way just a little bit. We got uh, awesome. One, two, three, four, five, six. Awesome. Awesome. Very good. Well, uh, this is uh, some of our baptism candidates. We're super proud of you guys. And I just want to um, I want to read this and then uh, we're going to make our way outside for the baptism ceremony. Dearly beloved, Christian baptism is a sacrament signifying participation by faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and incorporation into his body, the church. It's a means of grace proclaiming Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The Apostle Paul declares that all who are baptized into Christ Jesus are baptized into his death. We are buried with him through baptism so that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too are raised to walk in the newness of life. As we have been united with him in his death, we will also be united with him in his resurrection. The Christian faith into which you now come to be baptized is affirmed in the Apostles' Creed, which we confess. We believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell, and the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and it sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Church of Jesus Christ, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Will you be baptized into this faith? If so, say, I will. Do you acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and do you believe that he saves you now? If so, say, I do. Okay. As a member of the Church of Jesus Christ, will you follow him all the days of your life, growing in grace and the love of God and neighbor? If so, say, I will with God's help. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Can we give them one more round of applause? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray over these guys and, uh, and, and girls, and, and then they're going to make their way out. The teens are going to be first. We're going to let the, the young ones go first. They're going to get baptized. I'm going to ask all of you to join us in the parking lot there and gather around the baptismal in the grass part and then even overflowing into the parking lot. And let's celebrate these kids that are going to get baptized today. And then uh, also our Hope Center guys, uh, Johnny and Joshua. So let me pray. God in heaven, thank you so much. Thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for the great things you're doing in lives, God, in students' lives and, and uh, young men's lives, God, just in Renew Church. God, we are seeing our core value being lived out, that we pursue the next generation, God. And as we celebrate what these kids came back with, the stories and the life change, God, we thank you for even the testimony of life change through baptism. God, be with them and help them be with their families, God. Help them to live out this faith every day of their life. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. And all of God's people said... Amen. Thank you guys for being here. You are dismissed.